0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2.
1: Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program now, we got to move on from from the Trump town hall. We got other stuff we got to talk about. I have been advancing a theory to you for some time, and everything continues to play out exactly as I have predicted, uh, that overwhelmingly, if you want to understand the left, the Biden administration's policies, and everything from the transgender issue to climate change you must understand it's all about population control. I I can't emphasize this enough. I think you got to you got to understand this is the issue. Everything comes down to population control. When you start paying attention to what the left is doing, what Joe Biden is doing, uh, what uh, the global left is doing, even not just in the United States, you find that uh, they are Malthusians at heart. Malthus was a – he actually was a theologian. And believed that uh, the resources on the planet were scarce and that as populations grew, uh, there would be less and less food available, less and less metals available, less and less resources available. And eventually there would be uh, mass starvation and pain and suffering. And you get into the 1960s and 70s of the 20th century. And Paul Ehrlich, a professor at Berkeley, I believe, he embraces the Malthusian concepts and argues that. On a population bomb book, uh, that was what he called it, that uh, the world would get to the point where there were so many people that the world itself would run out of resources and there would be mass starvation. Uh, 60 Minutes, just a few months ago, trotted out Paul Ehrlich again, where he made these claims again. Now, he's been totally discredited. In fact, the United States, up until Biden came into office, was producing more oil than ever before, more than Saudi Arabia and Russia combined at a multiple. We're now able to feed more people. We've become more efficient. We have more access to more resources than ever before. And yet the ideas are interwoven into the belief system, the orthodoxies of the left. And so one of the ways that they wish to advance things is cost. They do believe in the supply and demand curve. And this administration believes that if it raises costs – It will disincentivize reproduction. California is doing the same. In fact, today, the United States Supreme Court ruled that a California law regulating pork production is good to go. It's it's actually a real loss for everyone. It'll drive up prices. California has a rule that pork producers have to adhere to certain safety standards and health standards for pigs. Most of the pork producers don't even produce inside California, and yet they're going to be bound by this rule if they want to sell in California. Now, if I were in charge of the pork company, I'd say, well, I'm not selling in California. Sorry. But they're not going to do that. They should do that. They're not going to do that. I would tell pork producers, you should just stop selling your pork in California. More for the rest of us instead of complying with the California rule. Uh, The pork producers argued that compliance would mean higher costs and California would be essentially controlling out-of-state pork production, which is the result. But the Supreme Court, uh, Neil Gorsuch, writing a very divided opinion, it's very, very divided uh Clarence Thomas, by the way, was with him on this, said this is a rule just for California. Uh, and the pork producers don't have to sell in California if they don't want to. Well, this comes at the same time Politico is reporting the Biden administration is now going to impose uh, EPA regulations on coal and natural gas burning power plants that they have to reduce their emissions by 90%. And if they want to use carbon capture technology, they can do that in order to make it possible. What you should know is that no power plant uses carbon capture technology because while it's theoretically sound, the practical application is cost prohibitive. This is going to drive up the cost of energy production for coal and natural gas. And if anything, it's going to rapidly shift these Companies and power power plants away from coal and natural gas to solar and wind, and neither of those are reliable. The Texas legislature is kind of failing here at the end as it's about to wrap up and go home without school choice and without a uh, stable power grid. But the, the in Texas, they are getting away from wind energy. You'll recall a couple of years ago that blackout during the winter, the the windmills froze. Now, there are some people who say, well, they could have put in windmills that have heaters uh, for the rotators, but it wouldn't really matter. The wind wasn't really blowing anyway. It would have done very little good for wind production in Texas. Same with the solar panels in Texas covered in snow and ice. They weren't producing energy, and Texas was limited in the number of nuclear power plants. What the Biden administration is doing is driving up your power costs. At the same time, the Biden administration is again releasing an advisory from the energy department that you should keep your thermostat set to 79 degrees during the day, or 78 degrees rather, and 82 degrees at night. Now, these people clearly do not live in the South. They clearly do not live in the Southwest. Maybe they live in in, uh, San Francisco where the climate is normally mild. But I want to assure you that a thermostat set to 82 degrees at night is not something most people want to deal with. I personally like to set my thermostat to 69 degrees at night and we'll raise it to about 72 degrees during the daytime in, in our house. But in so doing, the Biden administration intends to make it cost prohibitive for you to run your power. And if your costs go up, you're a young person starting out in life now and your costs are going up. Your fuel costs are rising. You have to get the battery-powered small car. If you want to have a family, you got to get a second one of those, and it's more prohibitive because the electric costs are high. Now the power grid prices are high. Your food prices are high thanks to regulation. Uh, You're going to have to start eating bugs soon because you won't be able to afford the pork or the brisket. You're not going to have kids. Already, people are putting off having families later and later in life because of affordability issues, because of career issues, because of self satisfaction issues. They're putting off having kids more and more. And now it's going to be even harder for them to have kids. This is all about population control. They don't have abortion now on demand everywhere. They've got to do over-the-counter birth control finally, something Republicans have been going for for years that the left refused to go along with until now. And they're going to have to make your costs more expensive. Your cars are going to get smaller. Your access to quality foods are going to get more expensive. It's a huge tax on the poor, by the way. The poor we shall always have, to quote the good book. And the poor are going to have a harder and harder time making ends meet because of this. And people with families are going to have a harder time. I don't know about y'all, but I've got a teenage daughter who doesn't cut her hair. Her hair is very long. She trims it to get rid of the split ends, but uh, she cut it short once when she was, I want to say she was eight or nine years old. She cut it short and she regretted it and it's been growing ever since. She has very long hair. She takes these showers and just wipes out the hot water. We don't have gas at our house. We have a propane tank, but we don't have natural gas at our house. Now we didn't build the house. One day I want money to build a house. I've got a house in my head. I want to build it. And I want those forever hot water heaters. So I never run out of hot water. And I want them set hot too. I like really hot water coming out of my taps, but my kid will get in the shower with the electric hot water heater and wipes out the hot water. And our costs are about to go up thanks to the Biden administration. We can afford it, but can you? This is what Politico says. The highly anticipated regulation being unveiled today is just the latest step. In President Biden's campaign to green the U.S. economy, an effort that's brought a counterattack from Republicans and coal state Democrat Joe Manchin. That's on top of efforts by Biden's agencies to promote the use of electric cars, subsidize green energy sources like solar and wind, tighten regulations on products like gas stoves and dishwashers, things they said they were not going to do. This would require most fossil fuel power plants to slash their gas pollution 90% between 2035 and 2040 or shut down the draft power plant rule from the EPA would break new ground by requiring steep pollution cuts from plants burning coal or natural gas, which together provide the lion's share of the nation's electricity. To justify the size of those cuts, the agency says fossil fuel plants could capture their greenhouse gas emissions before they hit the atmosphere, a long debated technology that no power plant uses. As an alternative, they could shut down a trend that's already gathering speed. Expanding carbon capture technology on the scale the EPA is envisioning would require dramatically ramping up a nascent industry and constructing potentially thousands of miles of pipelines to carry the gas to underground storage sites. Electricity generation is the nation's second highest source of planet warming pollution, just behind transportation. That means that Thursday's power plant rule and the EPA's recently proposed limits on car and truck pollution are meeting the president's standard to curb the U.S. contribution to global warming. They're so committed to saving the planet, they're not willing to save families. They're not willing to encourage family production. You know, we're already at a crisis of population reproduction in this country where we're at, at uh, breaking zero right now. The population, the number of people being born is equal to the number of people who are dying. Our population is stagnant. We're not growing as a country. The left sees this as a good thing, ceding ground to foreigners who immigrate to the United States to change the United States. This isn't the great replacement theory. This is about wiping out humanity to save the planet. It's about real population control. It's what they're doing. We're headed to a new dark ages. I mean, the last time we were in the dark ages, we relied on wind and solar power. We're going back to that to rely on wind and solar power. Notice they're not incentivizing nuclear production. They're not incentivizing new nuclear power plants in the country. Why is that, do you think? If they really want to offset it, if they really want to expand the power grid for all the electric vehicles, they would be doing that. But they're not. We're heading into foreseeable, predictable crises. They're trying to push us all to electric vehicles. We don't have enough materials for those electric vehicles. If we did and we converted, we don't have enough power. And they're not going to get more power. Where they're going to get us cutbacks. And those cutbacks are going to include you cutting back on the number of kids you have because you don't have the money for them. This is all foreseeable. This is all part of the master plan to reduce population on the planet to save the planet. It is their Malthusian Paul Ehrlich vision. They believe a population bomb has come. Everything proves them wrong, and they do not care. It is a religious belief by the left. It is their orthodoxy, and we will all be made to suffer. And they don't care because they'll believe epistemically by faith that they're saving the planet by wiping out humanity through driving up our costs and making it impossible for us to have, maintain, and sustain families. It's all part of their plan. This the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan wherever you are nationwide. You want to grow? Reach out to them. See if they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Businesses only. You need $750,000 or more. They might be able to help you buy a building, build and build the build and buy a franchise. Firstlibertyga.com. You know, I, I got an email uh, from Wayne. He says you should also touch on how electric vehicles and the bridges that won't be able to handle the weight, more weight wreaking havoc on the roads. Uh, more paving equals more carbon released, et cetera. You know, this is the fundamental inability of the left to process the problems with electric vehicles. They can say we're in denial about uh, fossil fuels, but let me just tell you, and they're probably listening right now. I, I I met a couple at Sea Island, Georgia on Monday at the event I was at, and they admitted they had driven down there from Atlanta in their Tesla And they had to stop twice to charge, and it took them longer to get there in their Tesla than it would have in their internal combustion engine, but they wanted to try it and see. Uh, And out of abundance of caution, they they charged that second time, and it it added a lot of time to the trip. There are other problems, though, as we're now learning that uh, electric vehicles are much heavier which puts stresses on parking garages and will on bridges and roads as well. And the left doesn't see it. It, it, And that just – I mean that doesn't even get to the power grid issues. We literally do not have enough power production in the country to handle the conversion of every vehicle to an EV. And that's just civilian road usage vehicles. That's not the tractors. That's not the 18-wheelers, uh, the commercial vehicles, things like that. You add in the commercial vehicles, it, it is a disaster waiting to happen, and the left can't see it. And, and I, have a, I have another theory here. In addition to population control, I also believe there are people on the left in public policy who know these things, but they're too scared to point these things out to the hive mind. And their position is, well, we'll just let the Republicans get elected and save us from ourselves. There's a bit of that in both parties these days, where both parties kind of just think, well, we'll just get – we'll let the other side get elected. They'll save us from ourselves. The Republicans get elected. They'll roll back these regulations. We can take credit for these regulations. We can attack them for being anti-environment. But we know what they're doing is good, and so we'll let them get elected and roll it back. We'll attack them, and we'll win the next election and slow walk putting it back in place. That I, I, I do believe that level of cynicism exists on this stuff. It's just bad news. Now, when we come back, we gotta talk about the other bad news. We've got a leak of emails relating to the Chinese spy balloon and the White House. And it looks more and more like, and, and what's notable are the leaks coming from this well-disciplined White House. And they are designed to make this White House look bad that they really were trying to help China save face. They were more worried about making China look bad than about protecting the national security of the United States. It's remarkable. We all knew this was going to happen. We now know how much money the Biden administration or the Biden family is getting from China. And by the way, no major newspaper in the country or news outlet other than Fox covered the Comer investigation details except the New York Times and their headline read Republicans Find No Evidence of Biden Family Corruption or something like that. Really, they, they claimed the Republicans had found no evidence of anything the Republicans put forward with evidence from bank records. Total damage control for the Democrats. And you know what? Joe uh, Donald Trump didn't even bring this stuff up last night in the town hall. He, he didn't go after Joe Biden, which— a lot of Republicans thought was very interesting. He's still more intent on going after DeSantis, message discipline, I suppose, trying to get through the Republican primary. But there's so much on which to go after this administration about, and even though the mainstream media refuses to cover it, the message is still beginning to penetrate even beyond the standard Republican circles. But this China stuff is something. Wait till you hear about it. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here, the phone number, 877 973-7425, Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, there's a big story developing, and I am shocked, shocked that Reuters is the one that published this. Here's the headline: Why the US delayed. China sanctions after shooting down a spy balloon. When an alleged Chinese spy balloon traversed the United States in February, some U.S. officials were confident the incursion would galvanize the U.S. bureaucracy to push forward a slate of actions to counter China. Instead, the U.S. State Department held back human rights sanctions, export controls, and other sensitive actions to try to limit damage to the relationship, according to four sources with direct knowledge. While the State Department signaled U.S. displeasure over the balloon by postponing Anthony Blinken's scheduled visit to Beijing, an internal State Department message reviewed by Reuters showed senior U.S. officials delaying actions against China. Rick Waters, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for China and Taiwan, who leads the China House Policy Division, said in an email to staff that had not been previously reported, quote, guidance from Secretary of State is to push non-balloon actions to the right so we can focus on symm- our symmetric and calibrated response. The source said many measures have yet to be revived. Former diplomats and members of Congress from both parties have argued the U.S. must keep channels of communication open with Beijing. But the sources said the current policy hues too closely to an earlier strategy of engagement that enables China to extract concessions in exchange for high-level dialogues that yield few tangible results. Speaking to Reuters on conditions of anonymity for fear of repercussions, these four sources said Blinken had largely delegated China policy duties to Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman— the second-ranked diplomat. Sherman, of course, is bad news with a history of undermining the United States. She is the deputy secretary. She served as the director of EMILY's List, the pro-abortion group. She was a founding president of the Fannie Mae Foundation, She worked for Hillary Clinton and John Kerry. And she is disastrous. She has advocated the nuclear deal with Iran. She has advocated huge engagement with China. She's just bad news. And yet continues to advance inside the administration. Wendy Sherman putting our national security beneath the interests of China. It is, it's, it's, this is, this is just bad stuff. It also shows you Anthony Blinken is a man who's doesn't have the best interests of U.S. national security at heart. He also seems to be a man neutered. Beholden to Biden, Biden now a man we know from the Comer investigation to have gotten a whole lot of money for his family from China over time. We really can't trust this administration to get anything right when it comes to China. And they're also very scared of China. That's the other thing you have to understand here. The United States right now, its present posture under the Biden administration is fear of China. They are being governed and guided by fear. They are convinced China is on the rise and unstoppable. We're going to become number two, and we might as well start acting like it. Decline, my friends, is a choice, and this administration has chosen to embrace the decline. They have chosen to be subservient to China for money or for whatever reason. They've chosen to be subservient to China. They have chosen to to degrade our capabilities, they have chosen to degrade our responses to China, they have chosen to be weak to China, they have chosen to walk two steps behind China. It's this administration that's done it, no other. This administration, what a disaster. Uh, just just pitiful. All right, we got to move on. 877-973-7425. Want to go to the phones? Ronald, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey Hey there. I had a thought about the power grid and stuff that you were talking about. What if the government made it mandatory that all business owners and all residential owners go solar panel? And that would free up the power grid for the charging of vehicles. What do you think about that? Well, you know, if the Biden family invests in a solar panel company, it's only a matter of time before they do something like that for the rest of us. Uh, The problem is, you know, a lot of companies are doing this. Um, yeah. and they just don't produce enough electricity overall, and it's the home power grid that is actually more of a problem than the commercial power grid. And then you have the situation like sky- skyscrapers, office buildings, things like that, where they're very tall, but they don't have the capacity to put solar panels on the roofs there because of the sizing and, and the like. Um, yeah. But when you've got big warehouses, it makes sense, and a lot of them are. You know, I, so I when I fly in uh, to Two Dead Mayors International Airport in Atlanta— and uh, you go over all these distribution facilities and warehouses, and more and more of them have solar panels across the whole roofs. Walmart, of yeah, course, been, is is doing that everywhere too. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that myself. Yeah, I just wondered if uh, if the government made it mandatory, you know, if, if for the homeowners and you know, like business owners with small buildings to go solar, you know, if they were to do that. Well, there's another thing too. There would be
0: government jobs. You know, okay, we created these jobs. You yep, know.
1: that's true. Yep, more and more people in, in the solar panels. I mean, the whole thing is – is it, it, I, I don't want you to hear me knocking the solar panels. It's not what I'm doing here. I don't have a problem with the solar panels. If I had a house that uh, was arranged in such a way that they would work for me, I would 1,000% put the solar panels on my house and save some money. I would. We just have a lot of trees around our house, and so it wouldn't work. The way my house is arranged, but I, I have friends who have put solar panels in their houses, and I'm not opposed to you doing that. But it's not practical, and you know. So I'm I'm broadcasting from Atlanta. I assume most of you know that. I'm actually in the studio today, as a matter of fact. Atlanta is a city; they call it City in the Trees. Atlanta has more trees than people inside uh, the perimeter, which is the the inter- two eighty five interstate loop that goes around the city. It is deeply impractical to put solar panels on a lot of those houses because there's so much tree coverage in the city. Now, you get out, you get these huge warehouses, more and more of them I am seen putting solar panels on on the roofs. And I think it's, it, it saves money for these companies. It saves them power. Walmart is doing this. Target is doing this around the country. More and more are putting solar panels on. But it also, we got to recognize, only works in some places. So, for example, you go up north in the wintertime, where you've got way more darkness than you have light, it's very it, – it doesn't help them much during the wintertime. Now, in the summertime, yes, some, but uh, the offsets there, I'm I'm not sure that the numbers work. Not a panacea. And the other problem is in the same way that they're trying to, to increase costs to the food supply and the like, they're putting solar panels in productive farmland. And every acre of a solar panel farm is an acre less of land for cows or vegetables. And it harms the food supply. They're putting solar panels in places where they don't work. So in the southeast, there's a massive solar plant down in middle Georgia. So off the interstate, there, there's this interstate called I-16. runs between Macon, Georgia, and Savannah, Georgia. It should be the nation's Autobahn. It's the most desolate stretch of interstate outside the uh, western deserts. And if you take a side road off of it, you'll see this massive solar panel farm, largest in the southeast. And you'll notice it was productive farmland. They The farmers sold it. Now it's going to be a huge solar panel farm. And George Power, part of Southern Company, will produce power from the solar panels and will take away productive farmland. There will be no more cows there. There won't be any corn growing there. And those solar panels, if it's like it's been in the last several weeks where I live in, in that particular area, I'm very familiar with it, the weather patterns, it's been really cloudy and rainy constantly lately. So those panels haven't been very productive in a way that the farms could be productive. But They have to do it to comply with the federal regulations. It's one thing to put solar panels in the desert. It's another thing entirely to put them in productive farmland, particularly in rainy parts of the country where it doesn't really make a ton of sense. But the left doesn't care because it's really all about population control. It's not really about global warming. It's not about global warming. It's not about climate change. It's about reducing the population by driving up costs and making it harder to have a life. At some point, and I'm afraid it'll be when it's too late, uh, people will realize what's going on here. There's a growing number of Americans, particularly younger Americans, who are willing to make sacrifices to save the planet. Although, I've got to tell you, I saw some polling. Do you know how much uh, most Americans are willing to spend per month to fight climate change? $50. $50 or less. They're going to be paying a whole lot more. And by the time they realize it, it's going to be too late for them. When you force oil and gas companies to stop producing much oil and gas, there's a supply and demand issue on the supply and demand curve. And while they may convert all private civilian vehicles to batteries, what about the farmers' What about their tractors? They're not going to be able to convert them all. And then those farmers, because of the lack of supply of diesel, are gonna pay even higher prices, which means your food costs are going to go up even more. You know, I remember when I was in 10th grade, had a biology teacher. Science, environmental science, biology is, is kind of weird. It was like a combined class. I was in a very weird school for a short time. And I wrote in a paper that if everybody converted to solar-powered cars, there wouldn't be enough of a power supply. And you'd have to build more power plants. And those power plants at the time would be coal or, wind or, coal or, or gas. They wouldn't be nuclear. And she flat out refused to believe me at the time. Docked points on my paper for making that argument. I was right. Then, right now, if I could find that woman, I think she'd have to acknowledge at this point that I'm right on that. But there's a delusion of belief from people who think they're making the world a better place. And that delusion of belief is causing them to make terrible decisions that the rest of us and them will pay for, but they won't recognize as poor decisions until it's too late. And I don't want you to make a poor decision, particularly when it comes to buying or building a computer. Because you get a computer, you're going to have it for a number of years. And you need to work with someone who's going to get it right. That's why I have never liked the big box options where you just go in and buy the off the shelf computer. You should go to Vision Computers. Let them build a computer for you or for your whole company. You got a bunch of company. Uh, you got a bunch of computers you need in your company. Let Vision spec them for you, build them for you, give them their world class customer service, where within fifteen seconds they answer the phone for tech support. You buying one for your grandmother? Let Vision build it. They'll get her what she needs to be able to FaceTime with the kids or video with the kids, and and also be able to maintain her computer. They can remotely connect in, in many cases, to do it. They don't even have to have you bring the computer to the shop. And if you just want the world-class customer support for your existing computer for a low annual fee, you can get it. They answer the phone. They don't put you in, in uh, the, that that call control hell where you're just pushing buttons to try to find a live operator. They answer the phone. They fix your problem. If you call them, 404-COMPUTE, ask about the Ericsson Special, they can give you something you won't see online at visioncomputers.com. Now, you can go to visioncomputers.com, but also go Call them at 404-Compute, tell them I sent you, see if they can get you a great deal, and check out how quickly they answer the phone. VisionComputers.com, 404-Compute. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here, the phone number eight seven seven 7425 We'll be a little looser on phones today since I am not going to be around tomorrow. Eric Adams is out as a Biden surrogate, the mayor of New York. Has criticized Joe Biden on his asylum seek, what they're calling an asylum seeker con- uh, crisis. It's the illegal alien issue. So they've dropped him as a surrogate. Adams uh, was named to a national advisory board in March and was taken off Wednesday. Uh, this is from Politico. The outspoken mayor of the nation's largest city has in recent weeks pointedly criticized Biden. Over the White House's response to the asylum seeker crisis, New York City has projected billions of dollars in costs to provide shelter, food, and other services to over 60,000 migrants. Adams has called for more funding from the federal government, an organized resettlement strategy at the border, and expedited work permits to help him manage the influx. And as the expiration of a key border policy set for later this week grew closer, Adams amped up his rhetoric, most recently lumping the sitting Democratic president in the same boat with the congressional Republicans. He said, quote, it is not about the asylum seekers and migrants. All of us came from somewhere to pursue the American dream. It's about the irresponsibility of the Republican Party in Washington for refusing to do real immigration reform. And it's the irresponsibility of the White House for not addressing the problem. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, he's not wrong about the White House. Republicans, by the way, have been trying to do stuff, uh, but they've been stymied by the White House. And that's not going to change. The White House has no desire to fix the problem. And you know, Title 42, it ends at midnight. It's going to be a massive, massive problem. The Biden administration, this is just in. This is just in. We'll talk about it when we come back. The Border Patrol chief has authorized the release of migrants who do not have court dates. That's right. This is happening right now. Fox News says in anticipation of the end of Title 42, they will start releasing migrants, even those who have not yet been assigned court dates and been processed that's going to be your problem. That's the that's going to make the problem even worse. For all the efforts of this administration to control the population of American citizens, they are going to overwhelm us. I'm not a big advocate of the great replacement theory. I, I, I don't actually think this is something I've been hearing about since I was a little kid, and it really hasn't been borne out. I don't think it's actually real. I know some people, particularly older people, do think it's real. Uh, I just think these people are idiots. Uh, I think there's no master plan here in that regard. I think they are completely overwhelmed and incompetent, and they're so scared of looking like Donald Trump, they're afraid to do anything serious.